1590 WWPR, Bradenton, Sarasota, Tampa Bay. And now it's time for Veracruz. Shut up and sit down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we were just talking about uh, the intro. We're going to have to, like, if we do an uncensored show, we're going to have to, like, change the intro to, like, uh, STFU, set the F down. <laughs> 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 or just have Christopher Walken um, from what was it? I think it was uh, Joe Dirt, where he's like, "Sit the f- down." <laughs> oh man! So yeah, we got a pretty good show today. We got uh, me and Jesse, you know, Jay here. We're going to be uh, interviewing Mr. Christopher St. Luke. Um, for those of you who do not know him, he works at the Sunshine Deli Bridge. He takes money to bowl. Christopher St. Luke. Shut uh, up. Extraordinaire. Yeah, does a little bit of everything. Um, and all up in the paranormal and the horror. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm delirious, so I'm going to be laughing at things, even if you say it correctly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hate you. Oh, my goodness. I- I'm going to have to get a lift on my car now. I'm going to have to. I can show you. Like, I, I found one. Uh, I was getting complaints that it was too too loud. <laughs> too low? Low, 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 low. Sorry. Limbo? Apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. <laughs> Um, no, um, there you go. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks sweet. I mean, it's a, it looks like a rally car when, it, when they're lifted. It does look like a rally car. So I got a Jeep Rubicon, um, and it's, uh, it's definitely lifted, bigger tires, and, uh, it's awesome. And I'm green with envy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been looking at Jeeps and trucks for over two years now, and watching the prices go up on them, and crying, and dying slowly inside. Yep. Nope. And I'm gonna have to become a prostitute now. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, no, it's a paranormal flea market. There you go. Ta-da! God, we. Drink a margarita for me. Ronan.
bunch of other stuff coming up. But uh, anyway, so we'll be making all these announcements, throwing out on social media, you know, letting you know where you can buy your tickets, all that good stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, what we're doing with this, you know, Terraflow's and Odyssey's Emporium is going to be huge. It's going to be hosted by Terraflow, you know, radio. We'll be there um, for a close-out event. So, of course, we're going to be jamming to it. Uh, and we're going to be bringing some special guests in, too. Uh, we'll be dropping dime on that later on. So, um, I, I definitely got to say that things have been really good for us lately. You know, we, we had our little drawbacks because of COVID and all that there for a little bit, but now things are definitely lightening. Yeah, we're getting we're getting smooth, bro. We're getting smooth. I mean, like it, it's looking good right now. You know me, I'm a little pessimistic or not pessimistic. I call it realistic, and I don't like to count the chickens before they hatch. So, yeah, it's happening, but still in my mind, it's not happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm <clears throat> drugs. Yeah. There's more that I want to talk about, but we can't yet because no. it's too early in the game to talk about it now. I'd rather talk about it later. Yeah, and you are wicked excited about it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We've been doing our butts, you know, and, and hitting it a lot through the hours. And Kim, especially. Kim has been. Oh, yeah. She's been killing it, bro. She has been totally killing it. And now she's going to be over in our neck of the woods. She finally moving? West side. So we can actually uh, hang out and do a little bit more and be able to get together more for all the events and stuff we have coming up. Uh, we're working on a new ghost tour. We're setting up. We're actually doing ghost tours and such too. Um, we, we really do, man. <laughs> there is a couple of like really big surprises, and you know what I'm talking about involving Kim. Yeah, sure. <laughs> What is your social media? I'll let Kim make that announcement. If you don't know my social media, you don't need to be talking to me about it. No, I'm kidding. Really? If you go to uh, mine on uh, Twitter, it's ChanceVXR. If you go to... I thought you changed it on Twitter. No, I never did. I just left it as is. You're a liar. I saw it. No, I did. It's at ChanceVXR. ChanceVXR? Okay, C- continue while I fact check you. Now, I do have the at Paraprobe that is on Twitter. No, no, I'm still fact checking you. I don't know. I'm on Instagram as Jesse the Caffeinated, and I think I'm on Gitter. I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> Gitter done. Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> like I saw that. I was like, Gitter done. Gitter done. I'm down. I'm down. Let's do this. Let's pull the trigger, bro. <laughs> oh, speaking of man, so you know on uh, Disney Plus they have all the like Mater shorts, and of course Mater is played by Larry the Cable Guy. You know. Mr. Gitter Dunn himself, and this guy, I've never laughed so freaking hard in my life at a cartoon. Like, me and Kiddo are watching that, and it's hilarious. You need to go through and watch, because they have, like, Tokyo Mater, like, Tokyo Drift Mater. Um, They have Heavy Metal Mater, where he's, like, in a heavy metal band. Um, They have, like, Time Travel one, because I know you like time travel, and you're annoying for it. Um... Um.
you know, everywhere else has been, anywhere you listen to your, uh, God, I cannot talk tonight. I really can't. Then shut up. <laughs> there you go. Good job. I'm proud of you, buddy. Avi Loeb? No, Avi Loeb was definitely ranked up there, but, but uh, this was more kind of straightforward. Far as insanity? Yeah. Valdez? No, not even Valdez. Oh, dude, that, that one tripped me out, but... Well, that's because we're talking about demonology and all that stuff. Yeah, got goosebumps and junk. Oof. You know, talking with uh, Mr. Stevens fans, everything was uh, a, a different type of interview that, that we typically do. We'll put it that way. Yeah, no, it was definitely... It was a good interview, but it was definitely grueling because it was... There was three episodes. I'm not used to doing like three episodes back to back of this. I'm like, good God. And it was so hard to keep up. And like, I'm barely like spoke during the whole thing because I'm like busy on the internet, like trying to fact check. And audience out there, if you did not catch these last three episodes, you have got to go back and listen to this interview. It's insane. The the connections and okay, this is coming from him and his wife's story. That's wicked crazy. Just like I said on air last week, I said, he reminded me in a way of Forrest Gump. And I'll clarify. <laughs> I don't mean, you know, is my majesty, it's so sexy, whatever, whatever. I mean, more like that in the movie Forrest Gump, you keep seeing him at these critical points in history that he wound up being a part of. And that's Mr. Stevens. With everything that happened to him, it was, it was very integral and, and pivotal points in history in, in the last, like, 30 years. That this man's been a part of. <laughs> it's so sketchy. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> Dude, they really need to make a movie. Like, I, I saw one of the reviews on his book, but like, oh my gosh. And, and it's almost like, almost like a Forrest Gump movie, except, you know, and, and it. Fair. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's sketchy. Super sketchy, bro. Yeah, no, and I mean, look, it, it, it was it was minimal it was minimal pushback. It was like it wasn't just for fun and games. We really wanted to get dude's story out there, and uh, you know, and maybe it'll get into the right hands. We'll see what all's legit and all that. And because like, I can't find anything on this freaking guy other than the book. He gone. He gone. Hey, he's a ghost. We should do an investigation. No. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Just don't don't listen to me tonight. Because I don't want to give it away for the people that have not heard it yet. But we'll just say that there is even 10% truth. 10% truth out of all the stuff that we've talked about with him in the last three interviews. If it came out and it was proven true, it would make global news. And not just local, not just state. Or it'll be swept under the rug and nobody will hear about it. Mm, I don't know about that. Look, just pay me off. <laughs> like, set me up with a cabin in the woods somewhere and we're good. Call it good. <laughs> I thought you couldn't hear anything under your headphones for a second. Where'd you go? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. You got 15 seconds, buddy. Uh, yeah, no, it's cool. I, that, that I miss my shtick of, like, you're late. Like, I have had people call me like like two hours after the interview or whatever and be like, 
hey, are you live? And I'm like, in my living room. <laughs> you got his personal number on your phone, right? Just in case something goes wrong? No. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I, I, there's only a handful of celebrities that I have, like their actual cell number. Oh, look at that. Okay. You keep talking. Hey, how's it going? This is Jesse. Um, give me one second, and I will get you on the air. Hello. Hello. Please tell me he's there. Okay. All right, he's still there, right? Yes. How you doing, man? I'm good. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're very important to me. You're very important. Oh, you're too kind. So, how are you doing tonight, man? What all you got going on? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. I'm just wrapping up another movie, and I'm in the studio right now before I do an all-nighter. So, I'm 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 in my safe place. You know, I gotta know, man. Do you ever take a vacation or ever take a break? I was I was just actually thinking about that today. No, <laughs> no. and I really could, yeah, I could really used to be on the beach for a very long time. I think so. Yeah, well, we're already talking about bringing you down here to Florida. You know, coming out oh. in September. So, oh, that'd be beautiful. That would be lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we'll get you down here. We'll take you out to the beach and everything, and uh, let you finally take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, well, the, we just finished releasing the, uh, a new paranormal documentary. Uh, we did a soft release on DVD and waiting for the uh, streaming to start, and that was the attached, and that's about bringing home haunted attachments, and that's a paranormal documentary. That's a very scary and very dark yeah. show, intense. And then the new one we're working on is called Never Blink, and it's actually a horror movie, and it's about what would happen if you could see when you blink in the darkness because when you blink you blink for about 0.3 seconds and you add that up it's about 48 minutes a day that you miss what you see because you blink and that's when things move around and things change when you blink that's a really so cool we, concept i like that i know we, we found a way sketchy. to actually record yeah we found a way to capture when you blink in the darkness and then when you stitch it together, it's a whole new world, and it's scary as hell. So yeah, that's our new, that's our new horror movie that we're working on right now. So that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, man, I I'm like some of your credits and everything of all the different like you know documentaries you've done, and like you know the stuff for like sci-fi, chiller, you know everything. It, it seems yeah. like I, I can't find like a network you haven't been on. <laughs> no, I've even I've been even on the Playboy Channel for a long time because I started hey. actually. From the musician, I was a musician for a long time. I still am a musician. I still write music and do all the scores. Mm -hmm. But uh, in between uh, trying to make money, we ended up working for Playboy. You know, started out just as a PA, and then we ended up working up and actually filming for them in the 90s. And back then, the budgets were very big. They were like eighty to $250,000 a show. So the production value, you know, was very big at the time. Mm -hmm. So we were able to, you know... I mean, basically, it was kind of like not boot camp, but boob camp in a way. <laughs> <laughs> and but basically, we were had to do two films a month. But what was really cool is we were able to, um, you know, really lock down the latest equipment at the time. And back then, H, uh, high definition wasn't even around. It was 720, you know. Mm -hmm. So we actually brought high definition into Playboy, which helped create their satellite. And then, of course... After that, we felt we couldn't really, really want to do it anymore. And we started doing horror movies, and then we stuck with that, and then started doing paranormal documentaries when, you know, things would go actually crazy on a set of like we filmed, you know, Death Tunnel in Waverly Sanatorium, mm -hmm. and um, something really happened there, and I couldn't understand. We couldn't. Nobody could understand it. So we made a documentary of us filming in a haunted place, and Sci-Fi picked that up. Sony picked the movie up, and then that was it. This paranormal career started because we were documenting paranormal as filmmakers, and it was just incredible. I mean, it really changes your life when you, you know, 
actually grasp some kind of evidence, you know? Oh, yeah. Because he realizes something else out there. And see, after like Jesse and I broke, I mean, I'm an investigator. I've been doing it for like 25 years. You know, I've done it on camera. I've done it behind the camera. I've done all of it, you know? Uh, and then, of course, Jesse, you know, he's, he's kind of followed in my footsteps on that stuff. And, and it is funny because, like you said, it's one thing when you're, you know, like, say, growing up as a kid, you hear a ghost story and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, that's scary, blah, 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 and you don't think much about it. But then when you have an actual thing happen to you that is paranormal, it freaks you out because now you're like, all that stuff that I imagined being on the other side is real. Yeah, it's super sketchy. Yeah. It does, and also I think it, I mean, at least in my point of view, it, it kind of justifies why you need to be a good human being and also have everything in order before you leave because there's a lot of people you know like can i bring my car when i die can i bring you know all this <laughs> stuff and you don't bring anything you actually you leave the way you entered mm. alone al pretty much alone so with, with you know with that whole concept you have to focus on being happy internally by yourself no one else can make you happy except for yourself so you can truly make that cross, you know, at the very end into the other world, you know, justified and calmly and right. And, and if you got all this, you know, this baggage and all this stuff, bad shit that you've done calmer and all that, you got to be really careful about going, you know, you're going to end up in limbo over there, you know? Yeah, and yeah, so it's too that people have to realize too, is like you were saying, you know, when you, when you leave from here and go to the other side, it's, it's whatever you have in you is what's basically going with you. Mm -hmm. you know, and like you were saying, you know, it, it kind of does help you focus more on leading a better life, being, you know, a better person. And, and it's true. I mean, like with Christianity alone, just, just using that for an example, you know, you, you hear about the golden rule. You know, do unto others as you have done unto you. You know, mm -hmm. and that's a really basic and good rule to live by, regardless if you believe in religion or the afterlife or anything or not. Just be a decent human being. You know? Yes, exactly. And you need to practice that. And it always kind of cracks me up when a lot of these, you know, TV shows, I won't mention names, but, you know, these people <laughs> end up be end up becoming very arrogant about, you know, ghost hunting and, and they're, you know, somewhat untouchable. And I'm going like, you know, one of the gentlemen I met, saw at a convention and I just was beside him waiting to I walk the red carpet or something and I just said hello. And the chat wouldn't even give me the time of day. I guess, you know, he thought he was super, super special. And I just had to say to him, you know, I, I don't know how you can communicate with ghosts. And he turns around and goes, why? And I said, because you can't even communicate with humans. <laughs> you know, and it's true. It's true. You know, so you have to be real. And, you know, so... You know, obviously, a lot of these ghost hunting shows are, are you know, just, I don't even know if you want to call them entertainment, but um, it's kind of like junk food for the mind. I think there's nothing more sexy or classy than a show that really is deep and goes involved into the theory, the, the history, you know, the whole concept of what paranormal really does hold. And you, you know, know that's a very good and valid and true point. You know, when you talk to a lot of investigators out there about the TV shows, the one complaint they always have is, well, they don't really show the science behind it and stuff like that. And now, granted, I get it. You know, I do understand you're trying to take, you know, maybe a two-week investigation and cut that down to 48 minutes for a television, you know, spot. And you know how Hollywood's going to spin everything up, you know, to 11 because they want to get that, that entertainment mm -hmm. out of it. So, yeah, it, it's always going to be showing the, the jumps. You know, did you hear that? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, yeah, we, it, it's nice when you see, like, you doing, like, documentaries and such where it's in-depth detail on the history, everything behind it, you know, the science, to see if they can nail down and hammer what this is. Because, I mean, really, it's the whole point to do an investigation is find out what's going on. Yeah, man. It is, and it, it you've got, like, literally 48 minutes of people going, did you hear that? And you say, no, I didn't. <laughs> did you hear that? Oh, no, that's I so did. true. And then the famous one is, oh, I wish I had the camera running because something just ran by me. You know, and it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I think if you go in there, this, at least for us, when we go down there and we do a lot of incredible amount of research, I mean, I mean, some of our shows take four years to do. The Attached took four years to do. Uh, some of the earlier shows, Children of the Grave, took two years. And I was going to say, yeah, I remember you had talked about that with Children of the Grave, that it took like two years to handle everything that one. 
Yeah, the Exorcist file, which actually was eventually supposed to be the Sci-Fi Channel, um, but then they went to the buyout from Comcast, and so it got lost in the mix. Mm-hmm. So Discovery Discovery Channel ended up taking the Exorcist file, but that show was literally um, seven years before it actually got out there, you know. And of course, yeah, and of course, when we went and did the Discovery Live uh, Exorcism Live that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I revisited the house 10 years after we had initially uh, investigated it. And, of course, the house was even worse than it was then as far as dark energy. Wow. And it was definitely a place I would never want to go back, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a documentarian and I'm into that. But at the same time, I know, I mean, I think as you get older and more seasoned, I'll use the word seasoned, not older. When you get more seasoned. <laughs> yeah, let's stick that one. I like that one better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because a steak is seasoned, right? It's not old, but it's it's seasoned. So, um, you know, you get more sensitive and you get more empathic and you get more understanding, and that's the way it's supposed to be. That's how it is. I mean, obviously, they don't call him, you know, my son's going through teenage years and he's a punk and all that kind of stuff because he's a teenager, right? But as you get older, you go like, God, I was stupid when I did that. You know, so it's it's a scenario, so it's the same in – in uh, everything you do, so I, I just make a decision. I don't want to be around that anymore. I'm telling um, you, brother, we are definitely uh, our own echo chamber. That where we get when we're younger, like you said, it bounces back on you later on in life, and you think about it, and you're like, man, I was an idiot. Oh my god. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, no. Um, especially when you have kids. I, I, I have a three-year-old, and I am going through that now. And God, I was a terror. And yep. <laughs> yes, I'm going through it now, but. I love him, and there's no, there's no conditions, but, you know, everybody writes it out, said, oh, he's a teenager, and I said, but to be honest with you, and I think you guys would agree, I think every but one of your viewers out there would, I, I feel really, really scared and bad for our children today, yes. um, because of all the new things that's in, in this world that was never, ever in this world that I was in until now, so it's, it's you got to kind of be a little bit more easier on them, it's tough. Yes, sir. You know, things have definitely gotten a whole lot crazier. Yeah, crazier. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better term, it's definitely <laughs> crazier. And of course, yeah. when you introduce like the mainstream things of like social media, you know, iPhone maps and FaceTiming, you know, and everything else combined, it makes like bullying easier for one. You know, and then on top of it too, and the the instant access that they have to the things that they shouldn't be looking at. You know. Yeah, man. No, yeah. um, it. And then my, in general. Yeah, my wife and I were talking the other day that, you know, we're going to have to, like, step up our physical game, you know, be a little bit more in shape because I was very active. I'm still very active. My kiddo is very active, and we know that he's going to go want to ride his bike here, there, and everywhere, and you can't just let your kids roam like we did when we were younger. Yeah, exactly, and it's all, you know, which I love, but you know everything needs to be done in balance. But video games, because I mean, obviously some of the video games are absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. and the, you know the production value is intense, the music, the graphics, and the fun. But if you're sitting there playing it, and that's your whole life, you know, it's you're out of balance, you know. And you need yes, sir. To, you know, you have to say, hey, you can only play, you know, at least no more than two hours a day or so much a week, because you've got to do it because. You're not doing anybody a favor, even if it's just not your children, but anybody, even your friends or family, by letting them do something that is truly destructive. You've got to stand up and say something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, too, I mean, when you turn around and you have somebody who has just not interacted with other people, all they do is sit on their phone all day long, video game all day long, and never interact with others, they, they really do build that almost like an incompetency when they go out there because they can't deal with normal day-to-day things with people because they're not used to that social interaction. Yeah, they don't develop the normal social skills to interact with because all cultures like – and um, Mr. Booth can attest to this 100% because he's a lot more well-traveled than I am. Um, but like everywhere you go, each culture has their own specific way of interacting, and if you don't go out and interact with your own culture, you become an outcast, yeah. and that's kind of what's happening. Everybody is so stuck in their own little world, their own little phone that they become outcast to everybody else. And you need that social interaction. Humans are social creatures. Yep. And well, that, social, social anxiety has never been as bad. Yeah, exactly. you know, 
it never has been as bad. But I mean, there's good a lot of good things about obviously social media and FaceTime and all that stuff too. But again, it's it's just people. You know, hey, there's a saying that you know. There's nothing worse than someone that drinks too much that doesn't, or someone that doesn't drink at all, because you know this balance has to be balanced in everything, and, and then you have to make a decision. If you can't do one because it gets too crazy, then you don't do it at all, which is what you need to do. So if you can't get off the video games, whatever you know, because of addiction or whatever the addiction you have, then it's best that you don't do it. All right. You know. We're gonna take that example. We're gonna flip it around. Instead of saying video game addiction, we're gonna say working. Take your own advice, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm taking it off talking to you. This is true. Hey. This is true. And I am I am heading towards date night right after. So there hey. you go. Okay. There you go. So, but no, I get it. I get it. But I guess also a thing for me, um, no, and I do understand that, and it's a very, very, uh, you know, a perfect, actually perfect thing to say, but. But uh, balance is everything, but also in, in also what I do, um, I love doing it. And, um, and I just built a new studio. Um, I build new studios all the time, but this I just this one I just finished. And it's got all the latest toys and cool stuff. And I also do scores for the movies. So not only do we you know edit, produce, and write and do all that, um, we score them too. So, you know, it's kind of like one job to another, but I actually really enjoy it. I but I mean, when you love it, it's not really work if you love it. I do really love it, and I there's a there's a I don't know if you've ever I'm sure there is, and something that you've done that has made you truly walk out of that you know moment out of that environment. So, oh my God, I'm higher than any drug could get me. You know, I'm in love with anything more that I could be in love with because you feel very accomplished and you feel really great at what you do, and it's turned out great. That was fantastic. You know. to beat uh, Buffalo Wing and uh, Hooters. Oh. Um, actually, I, I know what you mean. I mean, like for Jesse yeah. and I starting off this show, plus all the paranormal events we're building, everything with our company that we created, it, it really is very satisfying when everything just comes together that we worked on and it meshes and, and works and it makes us happy because we do love doing what we do. It, it's so funny because Jesse and I, you know, we do love entertaining people. That's what we do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like with you, you know, with the documentaries you do, the films you do, you know, the music that you do, it's entertaining. You enjoy doing that and giving that product to the people. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that I realize is that, you know, when I'm not creating, which I, I, I mean, I guess it could be classified as a curse or a blessing, depending on which way you look at it. But for me, and at least I understand my feelings, I don't feel, I mean, I mean, I don't have to prove I'm successful or be successful, but I just know inside I feel successful when I'm creating. Mm-hmm. I feel that that's really where I'm, I'm at home. And, um, you know, I just got divorced, so obviously I spent seven years going in a direction I thought should have been a direction that, you know, obviously Universe decided that wasn't the direction. So yeah, um, sorry, at the same time, I'm kind of making up uh, lost time in a way, even though I worked really hard through the time I was married anyway. But um, so, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, you know, I think if you understand, well, what makes you happy? Well, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy when I work. Well, then maybe then that's not a bad thing. You know, maybe if I, if I don't like working all the time and I'm still doing it and I'm unhappy, then you might want to look at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're fulfilling your purpose, man. I mean, you're, you're doing a great thing and, it's not just the entertainment value of what you do. It's the educational value because, I mean, as as we get older, and I find myself doing this, I mean, I'm mid-30s now, which is young compared to everybody I talk to now apparently. But um, it's uh, it, as I get older, I feel myself wanting to know more of the why and the how instead of, you know, ooh, drama, entertainment, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, I'm feeling a lot more empathic and like – um. I lost the word. It's gone. Never mind. I'm shutting up. In tune. In tune. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, you're a young one still, but the the thing is, the you know, like for take the new Viking show which just came out uh, last night, and then the Viking, you know, the big Viking hitch TV show. Well, I mean, obviously it's very entertaining, but it's also based, you know, 
loosely on history, which is fascinating. But I find it more fascinating, you know, what all the symbols mean and everything means in the Vikings uh-huh. to the point that I started, you know, with my other company that does, um, you know, antiques and other kind of crazy stuff that I was collecting old Viking, you know, knives and weapons and clothing and, and uh, you know, you know, I have like, you know, 300 buttons that were found in Norway, you know, that belonged to Vikings clothes that was from 300 to 900 A.D. Wow. And I'm going like, so I'm going to watch that Viking show, but I'm going to hold this button in my hand and feel the energy of really how powerful it is. And I think that's the difference between a younger and an old. I'm not saying there's a lot of old souls out there, too, you know, but to actually I want to feel the history and know it as well as and be entertained, I think, is a clever, uh, um, is a more justified approach. It's like more having, you know, it's not junk food to the mind, like eating at McDonald's. There's nothing wrong with eating at McDonald's, but if you do it all the time, it's going to be disgusting, and yeah. which it pretty much is anyway. But, <laughs> but, if you, you know, but if you have a lobster dinner, you can also get bored of that all the time, you know? So again, it's a balance, it's a balance but I, I don't, but I treat my body as I'm not going to eat something I'm not going to eat crap because then I'm going to feel like crap. I will look like crap and I won't last very long. So you shouldn't do that with your mind. You should not do that in your entertainment. You should try to, you know, because there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with watching a senseless, silly, you know, whatever, slasher movie or whatever. But if that's all you're focusing on, you know, like, you know, all video games all the time and all that, that's going to close you in. And I think, you want to educate your mind and you want to feed your mind with nutrition, which is, you know, which is history and, and, um, you know, all kinds of other things and just, you know, quick junk food movies and stuff like that or cheap ass documentaries. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what the good thing is about that too? It's just like when you bring that kind of mindset into like doing an investigation, if you turn around and you're going to do an investigation every single time, only wanting to be scared, you're missing the big picture. You know, when you start doing the, the history of the property you're going to investigate and learning all the background to it, when you learn the, the, the home or the building itself that you're going into, you know, do the, uh, the investigation, you know, and learning how homes are built. I've tried to explain this to a lot of people. It's like when you go to investigate, every time I do an investigation, I, I approach it like a court case. I'm dealing with facts only. I'm not looking for opinion. So when I go into a home, I, I will take what was told to me with, you know, with what their experience may have been and what happened, and I try to find the most logical and reasonable explanation for why it happened instead of paranormal. Now, once I run off that list and I can't go any further, well, now we start leaning towards the paranormal. And, uh, and, and I think that in, in that situation, that like you were saying, with like, you know, with the, when you take in you know, just the same thing day in and day out, that it, it does. You miss the big picture of everything going on around you, and it's the same with investigations. I feel it is, and but we, I think we also have respect. Not everybody, you know, is in the same mindset, and and oh, yeah. I think that's what's important to let people do it when they're ready to do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I mean, and there's nothing worse than watching mindless crap that you don't want to watch, <laughs> but you're just doing it because you're bored, or you know, I mean, I have to. I feel bad for the paranormal. Uh, situation in a way and i don't not sure you know you know it takes two it takes someone to make it and someone to watch it you know so it's like there's a lot of crap that they feed people and there's a lot of naive people that buy into it because a lot of people that just watch it for watching it but mm-hmm. but i think um at least in 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 our investigations and in our research is that i find that the truth is far scarier than anything Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's so true. You know what? As a matter of fact, to, to give an example of that, um, I was doing an event with John Zappas, and him and I got to talking about haunting in Connecticut. And he said that the way they portrayed the demon in the movie that attacked him, that came up from the basement and all that in the, in the movie, he said mm-hmm. what really happened on the investigation. He goes, Hollywood really, you know, went took a lot of leeway with doing or a lot of extras in that movie. He said, but. He said what really happened on that investigation and what really came up the stairs and actually attacked me, David said, was far scarier than what they put in the movie. Yeah. yeah I mean, they. I mean, I actually enjoyed the movie, but I, I didn't also put in, 
the fact that really how real overblown it was. I mean, this, I won't get, even get into the Amityville horror, you know, <laughs> all, all the truth behind it, which is very not much of, um, except for the guy was on was on drugs when he killed everybody. So, um, you know, there, there's a catch-22 there, you know, whether a demon possesses you easily when you're in that state of mind or you actually think you are seeing a demon because you are on that state of mind. So it's catch-22 there. I mean, that's the same thing with Emily Rose, the Annalise McKell story. She was so sick and so... Um, you know, un- and truly unhealthy mentally yeah. and physically that she could be hallucinating, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she could be also a really easy target because she has, she's open to everything that's out there. So, you know, I, we covered that story and I'll show the attached. We actually show footage of the body being exhumed after it was buried for two years to actually see what condition the body was in because if the body was truly possessed or touched by, say, a saint, which made us, you know, obviously she died during that exorcism, the body would have not rotted. Huh. And uh, so they opened up the, you know, the uh, coffin to see. And of course, they said it because they were actually changing the coffin to a better coffin because she was buried quickly in a, a wood one and they wanted to put her in a nicer one, but they did open it up. And they did see, you know, what condition the body was in. So, I mean, in the stories that we do in the attached, which is out right now on DVD, but it's uh, five stories, actually seven stories of things that you bring home. Whether it's, you know, you pick it up on the side of the road, somebody threw it in an alley, and act, oh, they don't want it, I'm going to take it. But maybe you ever think, why did they do that? That's kind yeah. of a pretty cool thing. You know, is it something attached to, or in, or even in a thrift store, a piece of a piece of clothing, or whatever it may be, or bringing something home from a haunted place, which you should never do, mm-hmm. you know, and all those kind of things. And we kind of touch base, and and in you know one of the different businesses I do, obviously, um, I, I have a company called Haunted Bazaar, and it, it kind of it kind of it sells different voodoo and witchcraft and. Uh, ancient necromancing stuff as well as, you know, suggested um, possessed and haunted situations and stuff. And when I was uh, basically started because of all the stuff that I picked up during our shows, not necessarily, I didn't take them from locations, but what I did is I ended up being given them or um, found some things that was pretty crazy. I actually got the real Annalise McKell exorcism box from her, from wow. her house. And it's actually sitting in my basement right now. And so one of the stories in the attached is about what happened when I opened up that box and how did I feel and the you know, of course the, the whole propaganda behind it is it a possessed crucifix, which is interesting because if you believe in God and you believe in the devil, really the devil should not be able to possess a crucifix because that's you can't have no and yes. If no and yes is combined, is it a maybe? You know, so you can say if no is Satan and and the holy power is yes, you can't really have yes or no, but they both need to exist to have each other. So I never believed that the cross was possessed, which everybody was trying to tell me. And uh, so we did open it up and film it, and and we went through all kinds of crazy stuff. My life changed through that move that documentary four years in the making it was enough actually for me to take a break and now we're making some more horror movies because i it was hard because i actually got divorced through that time as well so a lot of stuff happened but it's a beautiful show it's not it is scary but it's also beautiful because it it tells like for instance annalise mckell the real emily rose it tells you what really happened that you didn't ever really knew and she wasn't a demon. She wanted to die. She wanted the exorcism to, you know, um, she would rather it failed because she would, if if she died during the exorcism, she would take those um, entities with her. They would not pass on to other people. You know, when, anybody wonder, once you exercise, where did these energies go? They go out and where did, how do they possess the next person without an invitation? Which, you know, we studied a lot of this stuff in the whole concept doing the, you know, the show The Exorcist File. We did the show The Possessed for Sci-Fi Channel. 
and for Destination America. So all the, you know, being involved in a lot of study on possession, which, you know, not even 10% is true, really what happens out there. But to be very honest with you, the, you know, what I found the most scariest thing when we did Discovery Channel did, um, Destination America did live exorcism of a house a couple of years ago. And I was in it for like, I think, 10 minutes. And I brought the ex- the real Exodus diary, which I have a copy of. And I brought it to the house that it really happened in, which we shot our documentary, Exodus File of Bouncer, which is like a two-hour documentary that tells you everything, that, including where the bed went after the boy was in the bed. You know, where did it go? You Man, know? y'all were thorough. The devil said, where, where did it go, right? You know, the sheets where the boy wrote what the devil told him to do, wrote on the sheets. To me, that's fascinating, but nobody ever talks about that. No one ever shows that, yeah, but that stuff is far scarier. Yeah, that's yeah. so thorough. I, I, I'm i excited. i, I got to go back and watch. Christopher, I have to say right now, and I want me to – I'm glad I'm doing this interview with you so I can tell you directly to you. I, I wish you were here in person and say it to your face. Thank you for being you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I mean, I don't know. Philip and I both don't know really – about any more than being the real us. I mean, obviously we sell a lot of shows, but we also get a lot of shows that get passed on. And and mostly because if if the show gets passed on, it's because it's not cookie cut, cut you know, not cookie cutter like everybody else's mm-hmm. show where you do, you do a reenactment, then you do, you know, a ping pong of people talking on a green screen or with their arms folded, with their logo in the background or whatever. And it, I'm not knocking that, but every show is the same. No, I am you know, kind of knocking so, it, though, because, like, it's getting to the point where they're boring now. I mean, Chance and I had a discussion a couple nights ago where we were saying, is the paranormal dying because they are all the same, all of them? Well, it is, and, and also, you know, unfortunate. I have to be really careful where I put this, but there's only so much money they're willing to pay to do the show. So, Fair. you know, and they, if they can get away on a very one-camera video oh, and they just get in and the shoes, they'll make more money instead of, you know, even, you know, acquiring a big show where they've got to drop money and they don't own it and all that. But, you know, that never stopped us. We always thought we were the Nine Inch Nails out of the Donny, out of the Donny Osmonds. You know, we always thought that we were, you know. I can see that absolutely. Yeah, we were the we were the Pink Floyd out of the, you know, the the Lawrence Welk or something. You know, we we were the dark and or the truth and the reality that sometimes people don't want to hear because it's too it's too in your face. But that's the thing is, you guys were able to think outside the box and think honestly like a lot of us do that that take it serious. And don't get me wrong, you know, sure, it's fun to, like you said, it's fun to sit back and watch those shows every once in a while just for, you know, for just, you know, for laughs and whatever, or just have a good time and, you know, the entertainment. But, like, with what you guys are doing for going so deep into the situation and, and going, like, the aftermath of it, you don't see that with any other show. You, you, you do not see that anywhere. You're the only guys I know of who do that. Well, thing, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, you know, a... I was uh, telling uh, the girl that I'm going out with right now, she, you know, she's a big, she's South African and she's a big paranormal thing. And, and she, you know, she doesn't, you know, she only knows what she sees, you know, on television. So she knows pretty much the same people, you know, the Honda Collector, Ghost Hunters, all that, all of that shows and all the many other Ghost Adventures. And so she, you know, that's what they follow. And the same time, I'm, you know, I'm saying, you know, darling, I'm bored of it because it's just, all the same stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, be honest with you, I'm not saying those shows, I'm saying there are, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of shows that are just, is just, all, is just fake, and it's like, you know, if I don't got a ghost in 20 minutes, fine, one. and and I get that, And but I think you can put a show together that tells a very compelling story that ends up being scary, because I think when you walk into the exorcist house, it's one thing. You do the investigation, and then you do it, and that's all great. And we've all, you know, I've done that. The Discovery Channel's had a couple of companies do that, and you know, it's all fine. But imagine actually walking in, which we did, with the copy of the diary of what happened in the house when you're in the house. 
That's so freaky. <laughs> That's like, you know, some old, uh, you know, mystery thriller or like almost like a, a good haunting on a Hill House type vibe or whatever. One, one that's not so yeah, good. they make movies that, about that. Yeah, I found that show pretty boring, actually. But, but I mean, it had some good parts in it, but it just goes on for so long because you have to stretch it for 13 episodes or whatever, right? But um, imagine having the real diary. You now you go like, and it says that Ronald walked into this room and he... This is the room where the bed levitated. Now you're in that room and you're reading the diary. And that's kind of what I would talk to the network and saying, this is what we should be doing, not doing this other silly setting up a cage to yeah. catch a ghost. And I'm going, well, that's kind of silly, you know, but whatever, you know, you do, guys do what you got to do. But, you know, you got the real fact. And I just want to tell you one quick thing and to show you what you learn from it. It's like in them, I don't know if you ever saw a show, The Possessed, which is um, the third show that was on Sci-Fi Channel and then went to Chiller and then Destination America brought it. But it's about uh, interviewing um, coming-of-age children. Uh, they said they're possessed and what happens to them, and I found it fascinating. So we took about seven, eight, uh, you know, t- preteen teenagers. They said they were possessed. We asked them in separate rooms in, from different states and never met each other, never talked to each other, um, and we asked them questions like, what does it feel like when you're possessed? You know, how is your personality you feel has changed? What sort of music do you listen to? This kind of things to get an idea of this kind of a, a pattern, you know? So a lot of them answered, you know, well, I like to go into the dark now. And so we, you know, we boarded up the windows, put black curtains, we sleep in the basements, you know, in the dark limestone, cold and dark. Now, they're all saying that, which is interesting. And then they all say they listen to very, you know, I'm not saying this is a form of demonic, but they say they listen to black metal music. I'm not saying, and you know, I'm not one of those, but I'm saying that's what they said. They listen to very black metal type music. And I go, okay, cool. And then we found out they all were cutters. They were all bleeders. They were slicing their arms and you know, ripping the skin off and, you know, cutting, cutting mm-hmm. for obviously trying to escape and stuff like that. And then I said, well, you know, they get violent and they try to hurt themselves or even, you know, some of them try to kill their own parents. And, and so we asked them, well, you know, what went through your mind when that happened? And they said all they knew is they would, you know, one of them said they blanked out and they heard the sound of march, a marching army, the sound of drums, and the sound of a trumpet, like something was coming, an army was coming. And I went, that's really fascinating. Then I had another, another person said that, and another person said that. And I went, this is really weird. Well, it gets, it gets crazy, and this is what's exciting to me about the paranormal or any business in investigation. So I went, wow, that is so fascinating. And how, how could they say that they never knew each other? And then I realized that's not what blew me away, is I realized in the night, this was in 2009 we did those interviews, right? Okay, 2009. In the 19th, the Exorcist was, um, case happened in 1949, okay? And um, it was a boy, not a girl. And the boy, and the boy now has... Um, I think he died three months ago. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was 82 or something around there. How old he was? But in our show, we go very much into who he is. He had a pattern. He did Nasser patterning, where he actually designed the uh, um, heat shields on the moon unit, so that when the spaceship came back into the uh, atmosphere, it wouldn't burn up. He was actually the patent designer on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a catch-22 there, too. So I can tell you a real quick story about it. But my end of this story is, in the 1949 diary of the Exorcist, it said when the boy was possessed, Ronald, he would hear the sound of an army, the sound of marching drums, and the sound of a trumpet. Wow. Written in 1949 in a diary, and here's 2009, we're interviewing all these kids, and they say the same thing. That is nuts. You know, what, you know what's crazy about that? Okay. What is the chances of those, you know, people you're interviewing in, in the recent future, um, being able to know that that happened to Ronald back then? You know, 
know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way they could have made well, they, that Well, they'd have to have read the diary. They'd have to have read exactly. the diary. And, yeah, there's, there's and, no way they could have had all, all of them could have had that same information. Because, let's no. be fair, in all the interviews, uh, interviews, investigations that I've done, and I'm sure you've done as well, and I've done some really dark investigations, and I'll leave it at that. I have never had anybody say those type of things that they heard or anything like that. So for that to happen, that's not a norm. That's an abnormality. And it, it, that, like in law enforcement, we call that a clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's almost true, too. It's almost the truth because you can't – there's no way you can fake that. I mean – it's written in 1949, and it's happened again in 2009. There is some serious, like you said, there is some serious evidence pointing to the truth that this is possibly a sign. Now, in the Bible, um, I'm not a big Bible reader, though I do believe in, in the upper energy. I just don't believe in everything man wrote, because man has an agenda. But um, I do believe in some of In the beginning in the Bible, it states that... Um, God will send, you know, God will, you know, when you're fighting legion, there will be a sound of an army, a sound of a marching grunts and a trumpet call. So that's actually in the Bible as well. So whether it is a sign that, you know, legion, which actually means legion is I am one, which is, you know, obviously, you know, we call Satan legion, we call it Lucifer and all that. But legion is also a, is a military term meaning army. So, exactly, because one of the other things, too, I mean, with, with that in reference to the Bible, when it comes in the end times, th there will be the blasting of the trumpet that will come from the sky, well, technically from the heavens. Mm -hmm. And that is when the time of war will begin. And then, right. Yeah, and, and it all makes perfect sense that they're hearing that. Maybe the, maybe the same prelude to what may be happening in the, happening in the near future. Yeah. Well, what or a prelude to you don't... You know, a lot of people, you know, it's like, you know, when you, we would do locations and we would find evidence of possibly a child that was burned alive, you know, a century ago or whatever. And, um, you know, through different, you know, things that we pick up and then, then, you know, a TV company would come in and they would find evidence and they would call that same evidence a demon. You see, because that's what sells. So people are jumping to what's selling. So when I'm saying, when you hear the sound of the marching drums, we don't know. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if that's, you know, you know, pro devil or pro God, because yeah. that could be a sign. The trumpet could be a sign that the archangels and the the light is coming to help you. Yeah, so don't worry. Coming from. Yeah. yeah, or a sign to stay on the right course. You know, or it could be, you know, an alarm saying, hey, they are coming. Or mm -hmm. it could be, hey, you know, the sign of, you know, negativity of what it may be. So I kind of try to look at it as open-minded and not try to jump on anything, let it be interpretive, you know. Absolutely. No, that's very smart. We've only got about a minute left here, and uh, we just want to go ahead and let you just pimp out whatever you want to pimp out right now at this time, your social media your website, you know, movies you want people to go see, it's all carte blanche to you right now. Feel free. Okay, well, uh, you can see our films on the Sci-Fi Channel. Dead still still up there. I believe still playing. And then um, we have several films on Amazon Prime. I think uh, Exodus File is on Destination America right now. And then all the DVDs are available at spooktv.com, S-P-O-O-K-E-D-TV.com, including the Exodus File. And you get a copy of the diary when you get that show on DVD. And then also I have a lot of books out, which you can find on Amazon Prime, uh, Barnes and Nobles, including my new book, My Haunted Attachment. And uh, that's about what happened when we sh uh, made the attach. And the attach is available on DVD at SpookTV.com. Christopher St. Booth on Facebook. And, of course, on March 18th to March 20th, I'm having a a haunted, bizarre Viking auction, which I'm selling some of our paranormal fun oh. stuff and also a lot of really cool real Viking stuff that I've picked up. So we're doing all kinds of fun stuff, but you can find me everywhere. Just Google my name in, and I think it's pretty all good when you Google my name in. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christopher, thank you so much for joining us in this. Uh, we look forward to hopefully maybe having you down here as our guest in September with our major event. And also, too, we look forward to having you back on our show again in the near future. Anytime you got something new that's going on, you want to throw the word out 
Well, thank you very much for having me. And you guys uh, be safe and will be safe and try not to be so overwhelmed by this crazy world. Just keep the faith. Absolutely. What we got to do. And, and we, it's very important that we all are one. And we, and I have to say, we got to stop the division because this is what the outer forces want. It's a great sign. We've got to all become one again so that we can, you know, be all one happy family. That's very important indeed. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, brother. Thank you, you very guys. much. Have a great night on your date tonight and enjoy. Bye bye. Bye. And I do believe we are out of here. So have a good night. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. In a video message posted today, Zelensky said...